Hi everyone. Uh, good to see you guys. Happy 4th of July. Um, hope you get to uh, have some downtime doing whatever is uh, restful for you. Uh, but good to see you guys today. And I see some new faces too. Um, good to see you guys. And uh, you're welcome here as our church is. Uh, definitely blessed to have newcomers every week, the uh, past few weeks now, so um, welcome. But uh, today's passage that we'll be looking at will be Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 8 and 9. Again, it's Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. If you have your Bibles uh, with you, please uh, turn there with me. Here's what it says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence... If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. The God of peace will be with you. There's the word of the Lord. Uh, please uh, bow your heads with me and let's pray together before we go into our time of the word. Um, Heavenly Father, we come before you in awe of your majesty and also your tender grace. Uh, it's because of your son's sacrifice for us that we are known, that we are loved, that we can come before you confidently, not due to uh, merits of our own, but because of the perfect righteousness of your son. So Lord, uh, thank you for this time that you are uh, present here to feed us with your word. Uh, please open our hearts. Like we sang earlier, you're the God that moves the mountains. And uh, we come before you with uh, many different mountains and rocks in our hearts. And we know that um, you know, you're, you're not ashamed of us for that. Uh, so please move those, those, those distractions or anything that is, uh, might be in our way. Uh, to come to you and hear from you. But thank you for this time. Uh, may you speak clearly through me. Use me as a uh, jar of clay uh, for your purposes. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but I get leg cramps quite often. Um, maybe, I don't know, I have some uh, weak knees or something, not sure, but maybe these days because of lack of exercise, I get that a lot. And uh, at times it gets really severe to the point that I cannot feel my, like, anything below my knees. And I cannot even stand and I, like, wobble side to side. And I thought that that picture could be a good description of where we might be spiritually at the moment. Uh, I came across some articles uh, lately just describing the state of our churches and you know, Christians in the nation, probably all around the world too. 
because of the pandemic, you know, um, this is getting, I guess, better. But for the whole year, a little more than that, uh, people couldn't meet in person, right? And uh, because of that, people felt isolated, and that took a toll on their spiritual lives. Uh, and because of that, you could say that we're all um, kind of crippling, uh, kind of hard to stand. And I also want to encourage you too, if you feel that way, it's normal. And, and you're not alone because we just went through this, you know, once in a century pandemic of this scale. So I think it's definitely normal to feel that way. Uh, but now, uh, hear what Paul says to uh, people like us who might be crippling spiritually right now. He says in Philippians 4.1, which is kind of like a banner of uh, today's passage, he says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. And in today's passage, Paul will unpack that verse that we just read. How do we stand firm in the Lord, even when we're you know, wobbling and having lag cramps, so to speak? And I hope that this encourages you if you find yourself um, in that place spiritually. I have three points for you. Uh, first, feed your mind with good stuff. Second, feed your mind with the word. And third, feed your mind with hope. First, feed your mind with good stuff. Verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I mean, right away, you see a long list of things here, but don't worry about, don't worry about it for now. Uh, we'll just have to jump to the verb of this sentence. I think that will be crucial for us to understand uh, this verse. The verb there or command there is think about these things. Uh, the word in Greek means to let your mind dwell on something. And here, bear with me when I talk about grammar. Uh, here, the verb, verb is in present tense, and it's also in active voice as opposed to passive. So what that means is that Paul is urging the Philippians to actively, active voice, choose what to think about, and also continually, you know, present tense, dwell their minds on it. I think a good, good analogy for this is eating food. Uh, you know, in order to stay fit, you have to uh, choose the right healthy diet, healthy kind of food, and you have to chew on it and digest it well and try to resist unhealthy food. For me, it is Oreos when I get stressed out or ramen. Those are the two of my enemies. But likewise, to stay fit spiritually, we also have to you know, be intentional about what to feed our minds with has to be the right good stuff and you also have to let your mind chew and dwell on that food until it becomes yours so then back to the verse the long list that we saw that we skipped is that right stuff that paul 
wants Philippians to feed their minds with. So we'll look at it quickly. First of all, we notice the word whatever is repeating. Uh, that means that these things that we are about to read uh, are not necessarily spiritual, religious things. It can be anything out in the world. And that's okay because, you know, though sinful, the world is still God's good creation. So there are good things in it. So there should be no wedge between the secular and religious in this regard. So let's look through the list really quickly. Uh, it says, whatever is true, you know, as opposed to lies, whatever is honorable, as opposed to, you know, cheap, worthless things, and whatever is just, as opposed to injustice, whatever is pure, as opposed to corruption, uh, whatever is lovely or beautiful, uh, and whatever is commendable, as opposed to things people don't approve of. And then he summarizes these things by saying, if there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise. So I think it's pretty obvious at this point, right? What Paul is referring to is that the, all the morally excellent things that our society and culture uh, uphold and celebrate. These are the things that he wants us to consume in our minds. And immediately, I, this made me think of uh, this YouTube show called uh, Some Good News. I think uh, they called it SGN at the time. How many of you are familiar with that? Okay, if I say who the host was, you might remember what the show was. It was the actor John Krasinski, a.k.a. Jim from The Office. He was the creator and the host of this show, I believe. And, and this show, uh, again, I don't know how many of you are familiar with this show, but this show came out uh, right in the middle of the lockdown last year. And the, the purpose of this show was to highlight some encouraging news uh, around the nation, such as a story of this 15-year-old uh, cancer survivor. Survivor, you know, all the while when the mainstream media and, and news uh, were filled with the grim reports of the virus, rightly so. Uh, but he was trying to counter that or balance it out with the good, encouraging news. But the show also tried to. Uh, make people happy by you know doing some things like virtual graduation and prom uh, for those who couldn't do that because of the pandemic and it raised a lot of money too and gave it to um, the charities so a lot of good things happening in the show and it was just really fantastic to me it was like humanity at its finest it was really encouraging to see what the show was doing and like this there is beauty in this world all around us. And again, Paul is saying our job is to search actively and, and let our minds dwell and enjoy and thank God for these things as the source of it all. So for you, just a few, few things I thought of. It could be a bike ride or a short stroll around the lake that makes you feel maybe alive. It could be a smell and sip of coffee that gives you instant sense of, you know, awakeness and joy. Uh, it could be a meal at your favorite restaurant that satisfies your palate. It could be, even right now, people around you, let them write, that we can call friends and, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ. These are all beauties that we can thank God for and 
enjoy, as theologians call it, common grace. And for me, I guess maybe no shame in sharing this. Tomorrow's my uh, wedding anniversary with Deb. And uh, I love my wife. You know, she is a gift to me from God, and, and I'll enjoy it. And I'll show my love to her, and we'll enjoy our holiday time together. And that's, I guess, my way of applying this verse, that that's the beauty that God has given me. And what is yours? We are to think about these things. So feed your mind with the good stuff. Second, feed your mind with the word. So now Paul will anchor these excellent virtues found in the world to the word of God. Verse 9, first half, it says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. The word there, uh, learned, is related to the word discipleship in Greek. And the word received is used uh, to describe Christians receiving core teachings of the gospel. So in other words, Paul is saying that he he was discipling Philippians and he was teaching from the word of God how the gospel can produce these excellent virtues in a person. And here is how the teaching might have gone. And please follow with me here. This is a gospel that says, you know, everyone in this world tries to have these virtues, you know, by their own, you know, morality and efforts, but they fail because of sin. Only Jesus was the perfect person who had all these virtues, you know, true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent. It's all Jesus. He's the only one. And therefore, sinners, when they put their faith in Christ, they get their sins forgiven and they receive the perfect record of Jesus. And from that place of acceptance and status and approval from God, they can now grow truly in these virtues as they become more like Christ. These are really Christ-like virtues that we are called to emulate. So the Philippians learned these things from Paul's teaching from the Word of God. And then last two words there, uh, that the Philippians heard and saw in Paul these virtues. What that means is that Paul not only taught these things, but he lived it out, these virtues, how to live, how to grow in these virtues. And probably more specifically, Paul showed them how to do this by grace. Not that he was perfect, in this virtues, but he, you know, forgot about the failures along the way. We, we studied this, you know, a while ago now, that he grew by God's grace. He could overcome failures along the way. It's not by perfection, but by God's grace. So Philippians learn how this growth works in real life. And now Paul is commanding them to practice all these things they learned themselves. Not just, you know, receiving these things from Paul, but they have to apply it. Now they have to, you know, uh, feed on God's word, digest it, make it theirs, and live it out again by God's grace. That's what Paul is saying here. You know, one day, uh, as you might know, um, I have 19 months old son, um, toddler, named Seth, and I was playing with him, 
Uh, and we're kind of, you know, playing with my fleece jacket. It's like adult large size. And, and I was like, oh, it'd be fun if I, you know, put it on him. So I, I put it on it, I zipped it up. Just, just imagine, just picture in your head this 30 inch tall toddler wearing adult large size fleece jacket. It was darn cute. It was a lot of, a lot of fun just doing that. He was just, you know, walking everywhere, dragging my jacket on the floor everywhere. Uh, but then um, I think he started with a smile, but then he kind of looked uncomfortable and then he ended up crying because it was uncomfortable. And then at that moment, I had an epiphany where I realized, man, I keep hearing from other parents that, you know, time flies by and with a blink of an eye, you know, he will grow older and he will actually fit into this jacket. I'm like, oh my goodness, that'll be crazy. So I was just kind of thinking about that and I was like, man, that's sad, but that's true he will grow into this jacket and you know he will be bigger and until then he has to you know eat well and you know he has, he has to stay healthy but he will grow into the into the jacket he, he will fit into the jacket eventually and to me this is a good picture of the gospel meaning when we put our faith in christ instantly we're given his righteousness as a oversized robe and that's what we are all wearing you know figuratively and we may look ridiculous if you think about it because we're talking about perfect perfect righteousness and virtues and us you know frail and failing all the time and we'll feel discouraging we'll feel discouraged just thinking about that distance between us now and the perfection but the promise that we find in Philippians 1 6, it says, I'm sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Meaning, we will grow into that robe of perfect righteousness. And trusting that, all we gotta do right now is eat well and stay healthy. And what that means is we feed on God's word and live it out by God's grace, like Paul. Uh, exhorted. So I want to encourage us to constantly feed our minds intentionally. Again, active voice and present tense. Constantly intentionally feed our minds with the Word of God. And, and I know, you know, of course, preachers will say, like, oh, read the Bible, read the Bible. But I really want you to see the heart behind what Paul is saying here and what I'm trying to say. You know, recently I heard the, an interview with uh, this renowned pastor, uh, you might know, Rick Warren. Uh, he's a famous pastor in California. And he was saying that he encourages his congregation to uh, get a paperback Bible and put it next to their bed. And when they wake up in the morning, instead of reaching out for their phones first, they are to read at least a few verses from the Bible on paper. Uh, so that the notifications that you see on the screen of your phone will not be the first thing that enters your mind. And that really rocked me because that's what I do. Like, I, I go to my phone first. I go to my phone and often I feel a burden because I see, like, all the things I have to do and all, you know, all the burdens that I have to carry for the day. So I, I try to do this. I, I got my paperback Bible and 
And I, I literally, when I wake up, I just like go straight to the, the Bible and try to read like two verses and then, you know, move on with my, my day. And, and it worked for me. It was helpful because, again, I was feeding on the right stuff instead of cheap, burdening stuff. And now, if this works for you, you could try it. But my point is this. I want to encourage us to do whatever is necessary to intentionally feed our minds with the Word of God constantly, as constantly as possible. And for me, I tried, you know, writing Bible verses on post-it notes and try to put that, put those, you know, near my desk so I can see them more often. I mean, it was helpful, but again, whatever it is, whatever works for you, what could that be? Because if we do that, if we are mindful of these things, we will grow and we can stand firm in the Lord, even during this time. So feed your mind with the word. And thirdly, feed your mind with hope. Verse 9, the, the second half of the verse says this. The God of peace will be with you. Uh, so Paul is saying that as a result of us feeding our minds with the word, God of peace will be present with us. And the word peace there is not the you know, psychological sereneness that we usually think of. Uh, but throughout the, the New Testament, it points to all the true blessings that God is so ready to impart to his people. So I think better way to say this, you know, blessings or empowerment that God wants to give us. And, and there also notice that he says, God of peace will be with you. But then if you think about it, throughout the Bible, it says God is already and always with his people. So what he's saying here, I believe, is that of course God is here with us right now, but as we you know, meditate on God's word and fill our minds with them, uh, we will be able to enjoy God's presence and his blessings more, more subjective experience. And that's what Paul is promising. Hey guys, if you, you know, do that, I know it's hard, but if you do this, you, know, you will experience God's blessings you know, uh, in the near future. Um, so recently, you know, I, I shared with you that I found a new hobby uh, in landscaping or in, in particular uh, lawn care. And it's, go it's going terribly. Uh, because as you know, there was, there has been heat wave and uh, like little rain and like literally, even right now, uh, but a lot worse before, it's like all light brown, like my front yard, because there's like literally no shade there. So it's not going well. But um, let me just describe the, the worst moment here. Um, there's a point here. Uh, so while there was like no rain during that period, um, you know, when I would walk on that grass and it, like, it sounds crispy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how else this grass. It's like, it's like just so dry. It's so crispy. And uh, so I try to water that area as much as possible. There's no use. And uh, so at that point, pretty much I, I gave up in my mind and I was like trying to calculate you know, how much it would cost me to call a professional and, you know, revive this, this lawn somehow. It was, it was that bad. Like, it was no joke. I was like, I actually 
call one of my neighbors for referral. It was at that point. But then, to my relief, uh, it started raining after you know several weeks, and I was hoping for a flood, but you know it was just I mean it was a good amount of rain, but not you know that much. So you know I think my expectation was pretty low at that time. So I'm like, oh man, you know like it's just gonna die, you know like what's this rain gonna do, right? But then I went out to my lawn like after the rain stopped, and I checked up, checked up on the the lawn and. Lo and behold, I could see like very thin layer of green grass, you know, sp- sprouting up. And to be sure, it wasn't like lush, you know. <laughs> it was just again little rain, so it, it had just a thin layer of feeble grass. But it was beautiful. It was like, oh man, like there is green stuff growing. And then I realized when I thought that, you know, the hope was gone and is all dead. At that moment, there was life still inside, underneath the brown dead grass. I was wrong. There was some mysterious stuff going on under what I what I could see. And the point is, I think that's similar to our spiritual life. You know, I think there are dry seasons in our spiritual lives, right? There are seasons. You know, our, our lives are not just you know like upwards always. There are seasons. And during dry seasons, our spirit may feel like, man, it's so dry. It feels crispy, you know? Like, man, you know, I'm not really passionate about God anymore. There's no fire in me. I'm like just, you know, grudging myself to spend time with God and on and on. So you might despair thinking, oh, man, you know, my spiritual life is over. But just like the grass... There is life happening because, like the Bible promises, God is present. He never forsakes his people. So There is life still happening under that deadness you feel. And the promise is that as you press on, as you continue to feed your mind with the word and you know, constantly try to cling on to it and digest it and make, live it out, the promise is that God of peace will visit. There will be rain. And he'll pour his blessings so that our hearts may be revived. So that we may have lack cramps at the time, but we'll be able to stand up spiritually and fight for God's kingdom again. And that's my encouragement for us. May we trust in that promise that God is God of reviving God is God of life. He never gave up on us. No matter how we feel right now about ourselves, He will do that in due time. And our call is to persevere in the Word and meditate on it constantly. Let's pray together. Let's spend some time um, just praying for our own hearts. Again, um, those articles that I mentioned, it's definitely more general. You know, it cannot define every single one of us here. Um, But if the statistics is right, um, you know, many of us are struggling. 
And again, I say, I think that's normal. We have gone through something that is unprecedented and something that really impacted our whole lives, including our spiritual lives. So knowing that, can we come before God honestly? And can we remind ourselves again that God promises that He will never forsake us. And even in the dry times, He is working in our hearts. And in due time, with His ways, not our ways, with His ways, He may visit us with a lot of blessings, making our hearts wet again with His blessings. Again, it's hard to imagine that uh, during the time of drought. But that's why Word of God requires faith. Uh, without faith, we cannot please God, according to Hebrews 11. So I just want to encourage us right now, let's have faith in this God who wants to bless us. And just cling on to him, asking him for strength right now. Let's pray. Pray together. Um, I just wanna just, just wanna encourage you uh, with the grace of God. Um, it's not just wishful thinking, because Jesus Christ died for you. You know, once and for all, uh, there is grace, no matter where you have been. We can always move forward, receiving His grace. How wonderful that that is our destiny, that is our journey. So let's be assured of His love for us and His desire for us to keep fighting and look into His Word and saturate our minds with His Word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for your unending love for us. Um, while we're still sinners, your Son died for us. And therefore we know that even now when we fail, you still love us and you're propelling forward our journey through your grace. God, you know each one of the stories represented in this room and also those who are watching the service in their rooms. Uh, you know where they are and you have never given up on any of us. So Lord, help us to look beyond uh, our current status, our current feeling of where we are, but look to the promise that your God, God of peace, ready and so willing to uh, bless us uh, as we strive to um, feed our minds with your word. Bless your people, God. Encourage your people. Uh, may each word that they encounter uh, in your word uh, be um, doing something in their hearts so that they will be encouraged to keep going and know that you are speaking to them. But thank you, Lord, that you are 
continuing to be present in our lives in the lives of our, life of our church as well. So Lord, um, help us. Uh, let us add together with the uh, Lord's Prayer.